Our scripture lesson for this morning is a familiar one, taken from the third chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning with verse 1. Listen for the word of the Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him in all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to come do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Thanks be to God for the reading and the hearing of this portion of his holy word. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. To you, be all praise and glory as we pray in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Grant Taft, the longtime head football coach at Baylor University, told a story about a summer football camp for young boys. He told the boys that summer that he was going to teach them how to think positively. He gave them this instruction. All day tomorrow, I want you consciously to eliminate all negative thoughts from your mind. And then tomorrow night, I'm going to ask you for a report on the number of negative thoughts you had. Well, the next night, Coach Taff asked every boy who had 10 or less negative thoughts to raise his hand. And a high percentage of the boys did. Next, he asked if anyone had less than five negative thoughts. Three boys raised their hands. Then he asked if anyone had no negative thoughts at all during the entire day. And to his amazement, one little hand went up. It was the hand of 10-year-old J.J. You went through the entire day without one single negative thought, J.J.? J.J. just beamed as he said to the coach, Yes, sir, I sure did. So Taft told him how proud he was of him and had the whole group applaud for him. 
Later, however, after the meeting was over, Taft felt a tug on his belt. He looked down and saw that it was J.J. And with a puzzled look on his face, J.J. said softly, Hey, Coach, what's a negative thought anyway? <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could live all day long without a single negative thought? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we didn't know what a negative thought was? Wouldn't it be wonderful if our lives could be motivated only by positive thoughts and images? Well, I believe that the gospel wants us to know that every one of us can be far more positive than we've ever been before. Now, perhaps you had a negative response to our scripture lesson for this morning. Perhaps something inside of you kind of recoiled when you heard about John the Baptist preaching a baptism of repentance. Many folks, in fact, wonder why this passage and its parallels in Mark and Luke are commonly used at the beginning of Advent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. These words seem just too harsh for a month when so much emphasis is put upon love Enjoy peace and goodwill, eggnog and chestnuts roasting on an open fire. But when you study the meaning of, the, of repent, the gospel message becomes clear. Repent comes from the Greek word metanoia, which means to change your mind. To repent is to change your mind, to change your heart, to change your soul, to change anything that comes between you and Christ. Now, I think when we, when we think of repentance, we usually think about changing our bad habits and our bad deeds. But let me suggest to you this morning that real repentance actually has more to do with a much deeper level of our being. Real repentance has to do with our thoughts and our perceptions. It has to do with deeply embedded images that we have of ourselves and our world and our future. The repentance called for by John the Baptist in preparation for the coming of Jesus has to do with who or what we choose to be the center of our lives. Advent offers us the joy of making Jesus the center of our lives. Advent offers us the joy of seeing everything in life through the lens of our relationship to God. It's true. When the, focal, when the Christ child becomes the focal point of our life, we'll never be the same again. Our thoughts and our perceptions of ourselves and the world and the future will be positive and not negative. And importantly, that perception in that positive perception in Christ will always lead to a positive lifestyle. So repent, says John the Baptist, of that negative way you look at your world and your future. You remember the Old Testament book of Proverbs put it this way long ago, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. And do you remember how St. Paul put it in his letter to the Romans, 
be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you might prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You remember how Jesus put it when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment of them all? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. You see, when we change things on the inside, changes also begin to happen on the outside. And so it is that repentance has not only to do with changing our ways, but also, and even more importantly, with changing our thoughts and our inner perceptions by allowing Christ to be the center of our lives. In that sense, the call to repentance always accompanies the coming of Jesus. Anywhere Christ appears, hearts are touched, perceptions are changed, and lives are turned around. Back in the days before the Civil War, a little boy was born in the village of Milan, Ohio. His, his parents were quite poor, and the family lived in a pathetic, rundown shack. His father had no education at all and had great difficulty even holding a job. Even when the little boy started to school, he was often sick and had to withdraw from school several times. School officials said that he was a backward little boy and that he didn't have much potential. When he took his first IQ test, he scored an 81 and confirmed that what everyone suspected in the first place. This little fellow just seemed like a misfit from start to finish. And it seemed as if it might be, might as well be, he might as well be working to earn money for his family instead of wasting time in the classroom. But there was one thing that no one could see from the outside. It was something no teacher could observe or social worker could assess or test could measure. That was the image that was forming in this little fellow's mind of the person he could become and the future he could have. So it was that 30 years later, this misfit had everything going, who had everything going against him and who was said to have no promise whatsoever, became one of the greatest scientists and inventors we've ever known. His name was Thomas Edison. So it's who we are on the inside that shapes who we are on the outside. It's that deep inner perception that we have of ourselves and our world and our future that brings about the kind of life we finally live. And despite all other factors to the contrary, if we can be changed at that point, then we can be changed at every point. Repent, says John the Baptist to each of us this morning, by opening yourself to the holy child of Bethlehem and allowing him to be the center of your being. Change your way of thinking and the way you perceive things. Change the way you see yourself and your world and your future and change it positively. Friends, who we become in the future will be determined not by what happens to us, whether it's good or bad, but rather by who we allow ourselves to become on the inside. Jesus says to us this morning, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you will hear my voice and let me come in, I will be with you, and I'll change you from deep within. 
and together we'll change the rest of your life. Let us pray. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Amen.